Hello and welcome to Talking Hoosier Baseball. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, March 6th, 2023. Uh, I am Carl James here, joined by Cassidy Palmer. Um, we will have a brief visit from Chris, who will be uh, delivering our red belts at some point in tonight's show um, that he pre-recorded. Um, so the Hoosiers went one and two this past weekend at the Keith LeClaire Classic. Uh, Friday night uh, at host East Carolina, uh, the Hoosiers dropped that one by a score of 17 to four. Uh, the Hoosiers came back uh, uh, in a comeback victory on Saturday, uh, beating the Georgetown Hoyas 4-3. Uh, the Sunday matchup was against uh, resurgent Long Beach State from the from uh, from the Big West. Uh, the Hoosiers dropped that game by a score of 10-4. Uh, Long Beach State swept the weekend and uh, took home the trophy for the Keith LeClaire Classic. Um, they uh, managed to beat uh, beat they they blew out Georgetown and they uh, just edged out East Carolina on Saturday. Um, uh, East Carolina, at least in one poll, was ranked number nine in the country. Uh, East East Carolina, obviously, uh, a really really strong program, and uh, Long Beach made quite a statement there by uh, <laughs> by taking it to them uh, in that Saturday game. I say take them to them. They barely beat that out. So two really really good teams as far as competition. Um, the, the part that's probably overall kind of head scratching for IU at this point is that, that IU scored four runs in each of those three games. Um, so again, we're still not seeing the offensive output that, uh, that we were expecting to see. Um, but we'll kind of, uh, talk about the weekend, um, talk about the uh, week ahead, which has already had a scheduling change and we'll get into that, uh, that a bit, but uh, now I'll kind of pass it over to Cass. Cass, what's on your mind? Well, one thing that I've been kind of looking at uh, just quickly uh, for the weekend, I'm, I'm not so focused on the midweeks yet, just the competition difference from midweeks to, to the weekends right now. And when you score 13 runs, your offense is looking pretty darn good. I mean, my, my scorecard is all yellow means productive, and it's a whole bunch of yellow from that Butler game. Um, but looking at the uh, the weekend, I did, did some quick math, and uh, we were sitting at right at 50% of offensive innings um, with one or fewer base runners, one or no base runners um and that's just something we didn't see as much last year it didn't feel it felt like we were pretty good at getting runners on just not always consistently getting them around um and if we look at it i mean if you're only getting one runner on in half of your innings those half of the innings are likely not going to have much of a score. Uh, I was doing a quick one and I think there was only uh, one run scored in those 50% of innings because there was a glasser uh, solo shot with two outs. So we, we really need a few of those. They don't even have to quite be snowball innings, just the getting something strung, strung together. That can be walks with a sack bunt and then a single brings them home. Like it doesn't have to be anything fancy or fireworks or anything like that we just and and 
overall not doing a horrible job at getting on base. On base is a little lower than I would like uh, for the team at about 366 for on base percentage. I'd like to see that a touch higher. But on the team scale, that's really not horrible. We're just not getting on in any kind of timely manner, not getting those timely hits that we're pretty used to. Um, we are seeing some pretty hard hits. Uh, I, I remember there were at least a couple uh, in my scorebook with little frowny faces because oh, the opponent made an amazing play and that happens, it's baseball. I don't get upset at those. I get upset at the weak contact in hitters counts and with runners in scoring position. And it's like, those, those ground balls don't necessarily help all the time, especially with the way we seem to hit into double plays uh, a little bit higher than average so far this season. So that was what stood out to me uh, initially, just the number of quickie innings when we're, uh, when we're batting, when I use batting, there seem to be too many of those yep. so far. Yep. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking at just, it just feels like there's a lot less power um, yep. than, than what we're used to. But I think a lot of that just comes from, the particular uh the particular bats that are really struggling uh are the power bats yeah um and you you definitely would have thought 11 games in we'd be looking at more than five home runs on the year Um, and like you said that's another thing is like what's well there if there's going to be a single hit that's going to score a run in an inning it would have to be a solo home run Mm -hmm. and that's uh that that's not happening now compared to the week at texas you know we weren't dealing with death by ground balls oh, this week oh. so i was uh, grateful for that yeah that i think that the point is i i see this week as a step forward obviously texas had even fewer runs scored yeah. went from eight runs scored at texas to 12 runs scored here yeah. uh you know of course i was much happier with you know the 13 runs scored in each of the right. two prior midweeks but mm-hmm. again that's against midweek uh the, the level of competition of pitching that uh and, and things again we, we know these guys can hit poor pitching they're able to hit guys they're able to hit the starters when they when they start to run out of gas i mean yeah. you know they uh east carolina took you savage up to 111 pitches yeah that blew uh, my mind yeah it's just to do that this it, this early <laughs> practically in, in february is in, just <laughs> in a game where like going into the sixth <laughs> inning they were already up what five eight ten eleven to one Mm-hmm. going into the six and they kept him in yeah i get that it's a round robin they still have long beach state coming up all that but that still doesn't justify that to me not this early yeah yeah that's that's that that's that's real tough because you got to have guys that can you know hold uh <laughs> yeah let me yeah. think of this was 11 to 1 so that means that's holding a 10 run lead right now we've been there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i i i hear you east carolina but yeah that's uh yeah and that was coming. my that was my issue with east carolina like 
by the time that they had scored all those runs, whatever, like by the time that they were up that high, did I expect a massive offensive comeback? No, but seeing the number that we left on base uh, against East Carolina, Mm -hmm. we had two, four, five, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 left on base in a game. Like, yes, it was a, by the time we were getting to the end and the offense was really getting something going, we were down so much that it was almost moot, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit of progression there. Yeah. See, because, and it's not like these were all situations where a runner got on with two outs and got stranded. There was that in the fifth. You had uh, Glasser with a two out double, Whalen walks, you've got two on, and then a strikeout to end it. Like th- those happen, but like the, the seventh inning where Glasser was plunked, Whalen bunts him over, uh, Jesse walks, and then two quick outs on five pitches. Like, I, I'd like to see a little bit more going on in those types of situations. More, more like the eighth where we had an out, a single, a single, a sacrifice. There was a pass ball in there too. Uh, a sacrifice, a double, and then a strikeout. We're, we've gotten kind of used to over the last few years some really good two out offense, and it seems like we just haven't quite had that yet this year mm-hmm. with two outs. And part of it is you've got the. It seems like each day there's a hot there's a hot hitter. Yes, um, and yes. that's and honestly that's not horribly helpful because no. That 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 hitter is eight eight batters away from himself. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, you right. had you had Philip doing all the the hitting on Friday. You had uh, uh, was it Tyler Tyler Cerny was the yes. the big bat on Saturday, and Peter Ceruto was the big bat on Sunday. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, and, and I I like it better the other way when it's you rotate who the. Uh, down bat is who the slump bat is different slump bat each day like yeah i'm good with that but having just one hot hitter each game like that doesn't help and it's one thing if it's like oh this guy is super hot right now lots of extra base hits but other people are hitting Mm -hmm. right now it seems to be a lot of one guy is really hot and then no one else can hit that day and I expect that'll straighten itself out. And particularly once we start start getting a few more, I don't want to say less competitive games under our belts, but a few more tune-up games. Mm-hmm. A few more not going against an ECU Friday night guy. Yeah. Not going against Auburn and Texas and in those road environments. Like, Getting a few uh, a few tune-ups under our belt, I think, will help substantially. Yeah, and a lot of hitting's about confidence. Yeah. So, yeah, just just we we know these guys can hit. We know yes. these guys can hit against elite pitching. Yes. I'm not just talking good pitching, elite, elite pitching. Yes, you know, top round draft picks. They can hit yes. these guys. Yes, maybe they, they just, just all... need to remember this. <laughs> Everyone needs to take after Hunter and pick one thing to 
change up and see if it works <laughs> like the the no more stash yeah because that's that that has seemed to overall work for him pretty darn well all right well the the, the aspect of that though is that uh given how divided up it was from game to game i have absolutely no idea who and i haven't even listened to it even though it's been <laughs> recorded i don't know who chris picked for his uh his hitting red belt and uh yeah. Honestly, I don't know who he quite picked for any of the red belts. I was uh, to say I wouldn't envy him this week. Yes, because you the the you know you had uh, you had various uh, you know, various performances among pitchers. Although probably I can guess who he did with pitchers. I'm gonna I can I'm guess. not gonna say it, but I can guess. And uh, defensively, eight errors on the weekend. I really don't envy him on that one. Yeah, that was the one that I'm like. And that was the other thing that did stand out to me. Like I expected that first game at Auburn, first game on, on dirt. You can't, you can't simulate that one. Well. Um, And so I expected some, some sluggish defense, some weird hops, some things like that, but I, I was not looking for that many errors in one weekend this yeah. weekend. And again, we're dealing with this is this for the most part, this is a known element. And yeah. it wasn't like, oh, it was it was all the freshmen were make were booting things and stuff. No, this yeah, was no. this was the core team. Yeah. And again, it so it doesn't massively bother me because I know it's not a core problem. It's right. it's a bad weekend. And right. And, and, I, and maybe a I, lack of focus, whatever it is, yeah. I, I think it's fixable. <laughs> right. I would agree. Um, I'm getting tired of the other teams being able to bunt for hit so well. Because we've seen that quite a bit where they're not even, like, it's not even really a sack bunt situation and they're laying down bunts for a hit and succeeding far yeah. too frequently. And I don't know if it's just luck of the draw we've come across some really good bunters i remember uh particularly on on iu's and matt gorski particularly his freshman year was mm-hmm. phenomenal at laying down the bunt single and sometimes you come across those guys yep but we had one that was that was played well i remember i just don't remember who it was yes i remember who, who was the pitcher on that one was that seti might have been SETI. It might have been. I think it was SETI. I think it was a a, a, a play SETI made on Sunday. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, but... there he had he had two consecutive bunts go his way okay. in the second. Uh, so I mean, there's there's that. Uh, there's also just that uh, that uh, you have I have you have to though over, overall be pleased with the catcher play yeah the catcher play yes. has been a big improvement defensively yeah yep. um and and i'd say both and, and i'm talking about both catchers both yep. both, both just have uh, seen meaningful innings yeah i have but, no but, complaints about langerman well yeah i haven't seen him he, yeah, he hasn't seen him enough yeah he hasn't been in there much but i mean it's it, it just watching matthew ellis catch mm-hmm. is a completely different thing than it was last year his framing Uh, has improved yes so much 
but he's also getting I mean he's also his arms working he's throwing yeah. he's getting it down uh the pitchers and catchers together are doing a fabulous job holding runners yeah um they're not yes. they're not again and they 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 we heard that from <laughs> from some of the announcers and stuff that it's just they're they're gonna do it they're just yeah. they're really paying attention to the run game which was a huge issue from last year because it was like yeah. oh walk well that's a walk is like a double <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you get yeah. a walk and immediately he's going to one way or another, whether it's a wild pitch or a, uh, or just a stolen base that that runner always seemed to get into scoring position and, yes. and was always creating problems. So it's so good to where th- that, that automatic isn't, that's not like an automatic, you know, runner in yeah. scoring position, just getting a yeah. guy at first now is, is, is huge. Well, it seems like, Based on the wicket, I didn't remember as many, um, as many stolen base attempts on the weekend compared to at Texas. Seems that word might have gotten out a little bit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you might want to think twice about uh, running on these guys. I, I thought Texas would have figured it out in the middle of that game, but you I, know, I would have thought. <laughs> well, you never know. But and and to be fair, that's another thing that I hadn't that struck me at the time but i didn't think about until just now the sheer number of i'm not going to count them as necessarily pickoff throws but just throwing back to first Mm -hmm. i mean i'm looking at one two three four five five between two batters at one point another three four five six another seven in one inning i remember texas fans really not liking that uh so it seems there has been a bit of a bigger emphasis on on keeping the runners where they are and uh take advantage of it now advantage of it now while it's still legal so yeah yeah (laughs) because it might not be at some point yeah um but with that uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand this on over to Chris, who's going to uh, divvy up uh, this past weekend's Red Belts. All right. So we got week three of the Red Belts. Okay. We got the Dickerson Award to hand out. We got the Donato Award to hand out and the Tony Butler. First off, we're going to go offensive. Now, Tyler Sterney had three hits and scored two runs and started the game winning rally against Georgetown. But that wasn't good enough because this week for the offensive Red Belt, I'm going with Philip Glasser. Okay, he got on base nine times, nine times over the weekend. Three RBIs, two doubles, a home run, and he had the game-winning RBI in the inning against Georgetown to push us past, I believe it was the seventh, and, and you know, that was the one win of the weekend. So, Philip Glass is getting it. Um, you know, he got on base nine times. You have a four-for-four four night on Friday. I know that game got a little out of hand, but Glasser was hot to start that game. It didn't matter. Uh, defensively, there really wasn't a standout play or, or, or moment. But one play that did stand out a little bit, I, I know it was 9-1 to one at the time, was Brock Tibbetts. Making that play to his right, uh, snagged that ball, uh, you know, and let it not go through the infield, right? Again, the score was what it was at the time. But really, it's another opportunity to talk about Brock Tibbetts' defense, right? He started every game. He's only made one error. And, and Brock, this isn't his natural position, right? We didn't even know he would play first base when he got to Bloomington. He was a catcher. 
So Brock's really been solid there. You don't hear his name too much because he's not making mistakes, right? His footwork's good. He's solid. He knows what to do with the ball. Uh, I looked it up. He has like seven assists too, which means he's making the throws he needs to make also. So Brock Tibbetts gets our Tony Butler award for the week. And when it came to pitching, that was a few choices. But I got to tell you, I know Yoho came in, got his first career win, which is, is, is special. But Ryan Kraft, with those two innings to finish out that game on Saturday, right? Uh, he threw 27 pitches, three strikeouts. And then he's got the guy on second base with only one out in the ninth inning. And what does he do? Strikeout, strikeout. And the Hoosiers win the ball game. So I know the first and the third game didn't go all way. But uh, Kraft made sure the second one did. And to blow that game late would have definitely put a, a different look on this weekend. So we have the come from behind victory on Saturday. And our, you know, red belts come out to be Philip Glasser for offensive, Brock Tibbetts for defensive, and Ryan Kraft for the pitching award for the week. All right. Thank you, Chris. Completely surprised me. Okay, actually, I still don't actually know, but <laughs> which I think is even funnier. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> I will watch it when I edit this. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, see, have my mental notes and see if uh, if, <laughs> if if I at all uh, agreed or disagreed with uh, with what Mr. <laughs> Feeney had to say in this. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I guess next topic um, is is the is pitching on the weekend on the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I know, and I can definitely tell because I have, I, I somehow torture myself by in my tweet deck, having a specific column that has all the replies to at Indiana base. That's a bad idea. Yeah. It's a really bad idea, especially <laughs> Friday night. Uh, you lose by a score of uh, 17 to four and really you give up 17 one runs period. Yeah. You give up 17 runs and, uh, and uh, the quest, the questions start coming out. Um, of course, you know, uh, even worse than the fact that I saw it was that I actually started engaging in it. Now, yeah, it I'm all with with Chris, which is we, which is obviously, we are so glad that you care. We really yes. are. That yes. is that is a big deal. We're glad yes. that you care. It's just, I do have a little bit of concern when. If you're going to chime in, that's great, but at least have a little bit of context before you do. Yeah. Um, understanding what's happened. And, and, I, and the point I made was, hey, we've been perfectly critical oh, of yeah. the pitching. You go oh, back yeah. to these shows last a year ago. Oh. We were not pleasant about no. the, the constant issues. Um, that's not what we're seeing. First of all, the other part of the context is look at college baseball. Mm -hmm. You are seeing teams, top 25 teams, give up double-digit runs in games. Yes. It's happening to everybody. Yeah. It's ha it, now, granted, it happened to IU twice this past weekend, um, but that was the first time. Um, and honestly, I think these were the two best offensive teams IU's faced yet. Yeah. Um, Texas is a great pitching team. Yeah. They're not swinging it well. No. Um, uh, Auburn's probably pitching it better than expected and they're really not swinging it well. So this was, this was really the first real honest to goodness test 
um, on on a on, of of a high ca- of high caliber offenses yeah. that where they you know where where you've got good bats one through nine, and and there was a little bit more struggle there. Um, and if you look at the way the the pitchers are being deployed, you know this is still very much in the, Hey, we're trying to figure out, you know, who's who and who is capable of stepping up, uh, in certain situations. Yep. Um, and then also you throw in the airs and And those never help. Yeah. When you're playing good offenses like this, giving away outs is just, it is just horrible. And you just don't have, you know, you don't have everybody stretched out. You really only have one guy who's really, stretched out to getting true starter innings um, yeah I, okay too i'd say siler is as well but yeah. uh but um you know Sonard has been doing it on a regular basis he's been right. putting in the five six innings on a regular basis um so you can definitely say that that he's at that point yeah um but and you know but but some of the things is with the number of guys they've been trying to try out, you know, the midweeks have been, you know, most someone's pitched like 1.2 innings. Um, and part of the problem, I think, with all that is that you haven't been able to figure out who is able to go multiple innings and be successful. Right. Who do you um, trust? to? Th- I mean, I think at this point, out of the pen, craft uh, is one that we trust for multiple innings at a time. Uh, definitely. There are a few others that situationally mm-hmm. uh, can probably do multi-innings without too much stress, but um, but one of the other things, looking at these from a pitching perspective, so not, count, not counting the errors, because uh, those are free passes as well, mm-hmm. but just looking on the pitching side, outside of these couple, because we, we had mentioned, I think, last week about how we hadn't really seen uh, too much of that kind of snowball effect inning. And we saw it, I'd argue we saw it two, uh, anywhere two to four, depending on what you want to count as a snowball. The two five run ECU innings, definitely. um, I would count that third inning against Long Beach State as a snowball. That one was at least somewhat error induced, but uh, outside of that, there were very few innings with multiple pitcher related free passes. Yeah. Because um, in this case, as long as they can keep it like that, one two out walk does not kill you. Doesn't help from a pitch count perspective, anything like that, but one two out walk is not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. We were seeing those free passes stacking. Yeah, last season just constantly so and, even that is a huge yeah. huge improvement from last year already yeah and against poor hitting teams yeah i mean this is the thing yes east carolina hit hit the ball a ton they did they get 50, they got 16 hits on the day yes but the point is our pitchers you know put the ball in the zone and and force them to do something yeah just different than like you talk about you know uh you know, the blowout, the, 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 the shoot out race with Purdue last year, you know, okay. where, you know, where you're doing that to Purdue and it's like, you're in your, and you're, you're, you're just walking guy, walk, hit by batter, walk, walk, walk. Mm-hmm. You can't throw the ball in the zone and you're just giving them all these free runners. And then they, 
it only takes one hit then to score all those. And that's, you know, at the very least they were forcing the other team to, uh, to put the bat to the ball. Um, yes. Now, do we want to see that improve? Absolutely. But yeah. part of that is determining, you know, step one is to get the ball in the zone yeah. and, and this team has made a huge progression. We've talked yes. about holding runners they're not giving up free bases. They're not giving up free advancement of bases. Yep. So that is a good, solid foundation. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this has been by obviously getting transfers from uh, either the other divisions or from uh, mid majors, guys who have you know who have who can throw strikes, who can can not let any, things get out of hand, and for the most part, like you said they've done that yeah. but at the same time they're they're gonna give up runs yeah it's it, it, it was it was expected yeah part of this pitching staff was built along the idea that this offense would be producing seven runs of offense every game right. um which well, we're hoping they're gonna get there and i i feel they're going to get there yes well if, if you had told me that against an offensive team like east carolina that the pitching staff only walked six total batters that wouldn't have upset me. It yep. maybe unless they were all in one inning. <laughs> yeah. That might not be great, but, uh, and even a lot of the, the occasional walks or HBPs that we're seeing are being erased by the fielding, whether yeah. that's catchers throwing them out, picking them off, uh, the occasional double play. We haven't turned too many of those or fielder's choice taking out the lead runner. Like the, last year, it was very much the free passes were killing us. Yep. This year, it's a lot better about getting it into the zone. And, and it's felt a little bit like, whereas I use hitting a lot of atom balls all over the field, a lot of atom balls, some uh, quite often hard atom balls, uh, the opponents are just finding those gaps. And that seems to be kind of the biggest difference right now from a runs perspective, a wins yeah. perspective. The the finding those yeah, just hitting them slightly away from the uh fielders and then the timeliness. So that to me are the, those are the two things that stand out. And those are two things that, that, that tends to be not uncommon for IU this early in the season. Mm -hmm. Timeliness is not always the greatest on the offensive side. And it tends to be a whole lot of atom balls. So, so I said, if I we're saying the same things a month from now, that might be something to reconsider. Right. Well, and this said, and for me, it's a matter of the fact that that we are talking about different things than we were last week. Last week, we were yes. talking about, you know, a lot of really weak contact. We yes. uh, Texas, there was a lot of really weak contact. Yeah. All of that seems to be improving. So yes. I, I we're, things seem to be making the right impression, and uh, and now it's it's kind of going forward and. Yeah. Going forward, you know, I guess we'll talk about the, the there has been a change in the schedule yes. for the week. Um, so we still have midweek game uh, at uh, uh, 4 p.m. Wednesday against Purdue Fort Wayne at the BART. I mean, the whole week is going to be at the BART. Yes. Um, but now instead of a double header on Saturday, 
the series with Bellarmine is going to start uh, on Thursday, and that will be a 4 p.m. game at the BART. Uh, Friday will also be a 4 p.m. game at the BART. Uh, Saturday is now 2 p.m., and Sunday is 1 p.m., if I if I read that schedule correctly. Um, I so. And I would like to correct, you said, you said the whole week was at the BART. I'm going to point out that darn near the entire month will be at the BART. <laughs> from except from for the here. one except for the one there's, game in lexington <laughs> yep there's the one game in lexington and technically the uh first of the penn state games is this yep. month so so yeah it's a just a whole lot of baseball being played at bart kaufman field so uh, that i think is here here's the time but i like the idea of five straight games um because it's pretty much going to put it's it's going to give an opportunity for all of these pitchers to have to pitch multiple innings yes. um, and, and get a better idea of really get some separation out of who can do what. And, and, and also, Hey, there's there, these pitchers are going to be working without a net. It's going to be, yeah. yeah, we've, we've got 45 innings to cover. Right. So with 45 innings to cover in five days. Yeah. If you're, if you're a guy that we expect to pitch four or five innings, you're going to need to pitch four or five innings. innings. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, we can't afford to have, to have uh, an issue crop up and then have to, to start going to the bullpen right away. So yes, there are a lot of, there are a lot of arms, but you know, but now is an opportunity to, you know, Hey, let's, 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 let's get them in place and let's start doing some positive things. And to me, that's exciting because seeing the number of times I've been like uh, with a pitcher like, oh, they they were set, they were cruising, no problem. They did it on like nine pitches and then they're done. And I know yeah. that's the game plan right now, but it's like, ah, I'm so used to the, not necessarily ride him until his arm falls off. I don't want to do that necessarily, but, but if they're cruising and facing no opposition, I don't see a problem with keeping them yeah. in for a little while. So I'm, I mean, I'm glad to see some, some more extension. Of yeah. Pictures. I mean, last win last Tuesday, there was, there would have been no problem with Ty Bothwell going one right. full, full, full time to the order. That that was the first one that came to yeah. my mind. And he was just absolutely, you know, exceptional. Yeah. Um, you know, he struggled with the zone on Friday when he came in in relief. Um, that game was already decided at that point. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we know who Ty Bothwell can be. And when Ty yeah. Bothwell is on, he may be the hardest guy to hit on this staff. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's someone I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can do in, in a multi-inning uh, uh, outing you know, this coming week. Yeah. No idea when exactly that's going to be. But that's, it's going to have to happen sometime. Yeah. Um, in a five game, in a five days, five, five games in five days, you know, the, the brain trust is, is trying to figure out, you know, exactly how that's going to be divided up. Although I can be reasonably certain we're not going to see nine pitchers in, in, (laughs) on Wednesday as would, as might've been possible if it wasn't stretched out like this. Although even then, I don't see that when you're, when you're looking at four games on the weekend. Well, neither way it was going to be five games in five days yeah just two of them in one day yeah as opposed to being a bit more stretched out yeah Um, yeah it'll be interesting because definitely the guys who throw wednesday 
should be available at, depending how they do it. If, you, if you've got a guy who throws a couple innings Wednesday, probably available later in the weekend too. Yeah. So lots of, lots of moving parts for the staff to try to yeah. uh, figure out. And, you know, the other thing is we're obviously hoping that we're looking at uh, the Hoosiers being ahead yes. uh, late for all of these games, yes. <laughs> at least the vast majority of them. Yes. Um, which also means, you know, it, it will be really interesting to see how these power freshman arms are going to be used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and will it be okay? Do we expect to see some of these guys make three one inning appearances? Yeah. Um, uh, it they've hinted that that's where the plan is. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Is the plan this is what we're going to do now, or is this what we're going to do? You know, in April. I don't know right. how how if are they ready to try this out against uh, you know against a Purdue Fort Wayne and against a Bellarmine? Yeah, um, maybe. I, and uh, I and I see these very much as development games. We yeah. might. See, and, and I think of it the same way across all sports when you've got these kind of tune-up development style games. The final score to me is not the most indicative thing as long as, long as to win. <laughs> but because you would think, oh, that's going to be a blowout game or, or at least not close. But it does give you the opportunity to maybe put guys in different positions, put... Yeah, put guys in, in mildly uncomfortable positions, like get them a little bit more, you're, you've got a bit more flexibility to play with some of those things now versus when you're playing Auburn and Texas and East Carolina. Um, and so, so to me, I'm not necessarily expecting blowouts or big wins on all of these. I am expecting the offense to largely do their thing. I'm expecting pitching and field, fielding to largely do their thing. But if runs are given up in the process of, of trying some things out, of experimenting, again, as long as it's to win, yep. that's, that's my big concern. Yep. Well, Bellarmine uh, is five and six as well on the season. Um, they do have a game uh, Tuesday against Northern Kentucky. Um, they're coming off of a four. They're coming off of another four-game set. They got Ooh. swept at Mercer in four okay. games. Um, let's see, they scored one, one. They did not Ooh. score a lot Friday and Saturday. Ooh. Scored three the second game on Saturday. They did manage to score five on Sunday, but Sunday. they also uh, gave up fifteen runs in that game. Yep. Yep. Um, so. I imagine they're going to struggle with Northern Kentucky. I doubt they have much pitching left. Uh, yeah, that's true. And Northern Kentucky's taken a series from Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan. So they're not horrible. Um, so, yeah, I'm not. You, uh, they also, uh, Bellarmine also lost a series to Southern Indiana who is oh. in their first year first. of uh, D1 play, who Indiana will play. play. The Hoosiers will play them in a single midweek game. I think it's like in Where May. in the season, yeah. yeah. I remember it being pretty late. Uh, Indiana State, Ball State, Louisville Cincy, Ball State. Yeah, May 9th. 
Um, and then Purdue Fort Wayne uh, has managed to pull off a couple wins. Ooh. They beat uh, Cornell in a looks like a tournament game, and uh, they took one out of four from Alabama State, but they got swept by Bethune Cookman. Um, they've been boat raced their last two games by Ball State, but we know Ball State is a really good team. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not obvious. This is probably the week. If I had to guess right now, Purdue Fort Wayne is probably the weakest uh, program on the schedule. Um, yeah. Uh, they uh, they had a better season after they played IU last year. Uh, they're so. Yeah. My hope is that program continues to be on the upswing, um, you know. But they've got some, they've got some tough ones. Uh, yeah. They have a pretty tough midweek slate. They play a lot of Big yeah. Ten teams. They play a lot of the better. There's a lot of good teams in the Midwest, so yeah. and they they're yeah. they're they're playing a lot of them. Yeah. Ball State. I think Toledo's going to have a good year. They've got a couple games with Dayton, and yeah, yeah. so. <clears throat> And all of these are on uh, Big Ten Plus. And uh, I think Wednesday's game, but I know the weekend we will have uh, Austin Render on the... um, Yeah, I think we're going to have Austin for all of them. I think so. I think so. There, there's, no, I, I think there's he, no, no women's Griff, basketball game. Yeah, Griffin announced that he that it was going to be Austin for the yeah. entire week. So. And, and Austin and I don't had announced see, that he was the Bellerman weekend. So yeah, and I don't see I don't I don't think Thursday should be a problem. And in fact, he already tweeted yeah. out about that. So yeah, I think I think I he would we'll have mentioned have if, he, if there was some issue, he was going to have a conflict. So yeah, I highly recommend the mute the TV and turn on the IU broadcasting. <laughs> Historically. And and even this is significantly better <laughs> with either with either Griffin or Austin. So yep, yep, yep. So okay, let me make sure I've hit all of my uh, my points. So we've uh, divvied up the red red belts. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Talked about uh, power, defense, pitching. Um, I had a note about. I talked about freshman relievers. I had a note about starting pitching. Um, again, I think we just need to see more guys throw more innings. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's just, I, there just hasn't been enough to really get a, uh, you know, to get a good, you know, a good handle on 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 what what's what's really capable out there. Um, yeah. So we've got the five game schedule. Maybe that will, uh, that'll help sort this out. When it's great got, when you've only got one guy who has enough innings to statistically count. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty telling. Yeah. So again, it's one of those things, and and, and the thing is, obviously, there's risks with this. Um, you don't be shocked if if there's one, maybe even two games get dropped in this process. Yeah. Um, I I hope not, and you would think with the competition that wouldn't be a problem, but you got 17 pitchers that have seen action already. They're probably all going to have to be used, and it, it could cause that big inning. And if the bats are off that day, it, it's possible we could be looking at a loss or two. Um, I'm not. I won't panic if that happens. Um, I won't be happy if it happens, but I'm no. not going to panic if that's going to happen. You know, I think anything, sh- anything worse than three and two, 
yes. would be bad. Yes, would be decidedly <laughs> um, bad. Would be very, very bad. Uh, but, uh, but, but I'll, you know, it, and, but I'll, I'll take it if that's what it is. I mean, again, this is because of how new this pitching staff is. You know, I just want to feel like this team is is able to get right by the time we get to the Ohio State series, um, yeah. which is going to be tough right off the bat because Ohio State uh, they're making a splash already. So yeah, um, they had a they had a really good weekend against some good competition. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got uh, they've got some serious arms. So um, this is going to be a that's going to be a really challenging series when it comes and and obviously. Yeah. We do not want Indiana to get off to the conference series start that they got last year. Nope. Have to dig dig out of a massive hole. So. As exciting as it was at the end, <laughs> I, I I don't want that heart attack every time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other topics you wanted to cover, Cass? Nope. I think that's got me. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Uh, For Josh Bennett, Chris Feeney, Cassidy Palmer, I'm Carl James. And this week, for sure, we will see you at the BART.